1: Ivy Nation, welcome back to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. We are live here on a Friday. You're typically with us on a Friday. That usually means it's Notre Dame recruiting hour. But, of course, Thanksgiving, things get moved around a little bit. Had to do our prediction show today, so we'll be talking some keys to victory. Notre Dame versus Stanford this weekend, 7 o'clock Eastern time on Saturday. Notre Dame comes to this game to hopefully – End the regular season nine and three. They come in at eight and three. Stanford at three and eight. Obviously, Notre Dame hoping to uh end the season off right and then go into a bowl season, get a big bowl victory, and then move on forward to the 2024 season. But we're gonna break it all down today. Notre Dame offensively, Notre Dame defensively, keys to victory that you all should be keeping an eye on. That is Parts of the game included. That's players included. There's a lot of things that we're going to dive into today. Brian, as we talked about earlier in the week, man, this is a. I'm still, I'm still trying to find the best adjective for Stanford. They're a um, they're a team. They're definitely a team. I, yeah, I they're, they're not all good. agree about that. They're, they're not a great they're, team.
2: But. They're a try hard team, right? Like they're that kid you always draft, you know, when you're when you're doing your kickball league. Right. And there's always that kid that you pick last. He's a nice kid, he tries hard, but he's just a little tiny runt and he's not very athletic. You know, so you're just like, hey, eh, he's a try hard kid, you respect it, right? You respect the try hardness of what he does, right? You respect that they compete and 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 look, even in games they're blown out, they are going to play hard for four quarters. That that's something I really like about the Stanford team. And and by the end of the Shaw era that wasn't always true. But they're just not good. They they they're not as talented as they used to be. I mean, every team has a couple kids here and there, right? I mean, everybody does. Sure. But they're just—they're just—they're—they're—they're not—they're just not a really talented football team. That's really what it comes down to. There's there's hope because I do I do like the job they're doing coaching wise. They're prepared as best they can be every week. They're just not good, and that's really what it boils down to. I mean, so it, it's it's okay to say it. Sure. <laughs> it's okay to say it. Uh, but um, yeah, they're just not good.
1: Well, I, I think the biggest the biggest key for Notre Dame this weekend is to not allow them to be better than what they have been this year, right? To keep them the bad team that's letting up thirty-six points per game, only average right around 20 points per game. Don't allow this to be the game that they gain a little bit of momentum going into their right. offseason because they don't have a bowl game to play for, right? So right. we'll get into, into it, folks. We'll also talk a little yeah. bit of some key storylines, game predictions at the end. We'll give you our score and analysis and you know why key storylines that go around that analysis right so we'll bring it all down man it's uh it's just because be they game. weren't good last year either right no, <laughs> that's, they weren't, that's they weren't the thing good. right they might the they thing. might be worse than last year but they I, were also so, not yeah. good last year so they at yes, least had good. more talent
2: last year sure like that that's the thing i would argue is because there's a lot of kids that that played for them last year that have talented transferred to other schools i mean stephen heron i believe still starts or plays a bunch for a 10 and 1 louisville team right yeah they had that really nice little Safety that transferred. I can't remember where he transferred, but the little short kid that would hit people. Uh Nathaniel Pete yeah. Jonathan Um, Gill. Yeah. And Nathaniel Pete transferred. Michael Wilson went to the NFL. Benjamin Yurisik is hurt. Tanner McKee uh was drafted in the NFL. He was drafted, correct? I I believe. Yeah.
1: Sixth round, fifth round. Yeah.
2: So there was NFL players. And then they had their both of their starting offensive tackles who are 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 talented players transferred somewhere else, right? I mean, so there are there are, te- there was, there was at least some guys you look at and you are like, man, how is this team not better? Right. Right. So at least last year they had some talent where if they can put it all together, maybe they could give you some problems. This year's team is just not talent, but this year's team is much more, uh, they compete more, I would True. say than last year's team. If last year's team competed like this year's team, they might've won another game or two, yeah you know? uh But um, yeah, they're, they're, and that's why, and, and Notre Dame's a different team too, Ryan Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about will Notre Dame play to their potential? Will they blow Stanford out like they should? I literally have zero con- con- question of will they win or lose this game, just like last week. There was never a doubt about whether they would or wouldn't lose to Wake Forest. The question was always will they blow them out like they should or will they win in a sloppy game like they did in you know 2015 and, and 2011 and games like that against Wake Forest. So it, it's not so much win or lose. It's just are we going to go into bowl season feeling good really good about this team like yeah this team disappointed overall should have been better but you know they're going into bowl season playing playing really good football we've seen noticeably seen changes and that kind of stuff or are we just going to say what a disappointing year like just that that to me is what's at stake for this game
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: And obviously you have the revenge aspect of last year. We don't need to get into the sixteen fourteen debacle that happened at Notre Dame Stadium last year. You're at Sta- Stanford this year, so Notre Dame has a... Can I ask you a question,
2: Ryan? Yeah. Would you be more concerned about a potential upset if Stanford didn't upset Notre Dame last year? Because like that's really where it comes down to for me. I feel like with the way that they lost last year, there's no way this Notre Dame team sleepwalks through this game. That's yeah. partly why I just have zero doubt about them well, and then, losing this and- game.
1: When we get into game predictions, I pre- I predicted a very lopsided game because yeah. of that, right? I think yeah, that they all go- right. they're going to have that bad taste in their mouth because
0: yeah. this is
1: a senior-laden Notre Dame team, right? Like most of the players, especially on the defensive side of the football, they played last year. They were on the field when they lost that game in the fourth quarter, where they had just taken the lead and then they lost it down the stretch. So, yeah, I think that bad taste is going to be in their mouth, no doubt. And I also think that. This team's gonna be hearing the, you know, why are you not playing as well on the road? Talk all week and that type of stuff too. So yeah, I, I think there's a little added. There's gonna be a little oomph in the step, you know, for a regular season finale against a three and, fo- three and eight football team. I would definitely agree with that. So, uh, Notre Dame offensively, Brian, going up against this Stanford defense. We've talked we talked about it on Tuesday this. Stanford defense is one of the worst units that Notre Dame will see. They're letting up 36 points a game. They are a very bad pass defense. They are a okay run defense ish. But as you've talked about, that's a little bit misleading for the simple fact of they've played some really bad rushing offenses during this year, obviously, and held it. I mean, what was it like negative five yards to Hawaii? Yeah. Why? Yeah, they can't run the football, and then yeah. obviously they played like Colorado, who's not good at running the football either. Right. And they also let up like 130 yards against Colorado, and that's well almost about almost their twice average. their their season. Yeah, Washington yeah. State they held to the four yards.
2: Washington State's also has one of the worst rushing offenses in college football. It was wild when I looked at the stat they they played three of the of the four worst rushing offenses in college football this year. Washington State's 130th. Colorado's 132nd. Hawaii's 133rd, which is just really crazy. And all those teams are averaging 86.7 yards or less in those games. So it's – yeah. And then they also played – like Washington ranks, what, 102nd in rushing offense. I mean, USC ranks 91st in rushing offense. Like they haven't exactly played a lot of teams – that are just ripping people up running the football, right and the t- couple that they had, Oregon and Oregon State, both went for over 200 yards on them.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I mean Oregon State went for what 277 and like six touchdowns, right? So uh, yeah, the the couple the dec- couple decent teams they play, UCLA is another team that's really good at running the football, and they ran on they ran on Stanford as well. So any team that they've played that has a pulse rushing the football wise, they they've run on Stanford. Yeah, uh, Oregon went for two hundred eight. UCLA went for two twenty one, and Oregon State went for two twenty seven, two seventy seven
1: against them. Yep. So yeah, they're not yep, good. so the the rushing the rushing defense for Stanford is a little bit misleading, folks. Kind of leaning into this conversation, and we're going to talk four keys to victory for Notre Dame offensively, things that we really want to see on Saturday, and things honestly. If they don't even need to do all four, but if they do three out of four, if they do two out of four in dominant fashion, they're going to roll this team. They really are. If they do all four, then it's never going to be a contest. That's just kind of where we are with this one, right? So the first one, the first key to victory that we always start with, and I want everybody to say it with me all together, start fast. Start fast means different things for every different team that's on Notre Dame's schedule. I talked about this, I think, last week or the week before. I really like the phrase start fast because that can mean so many different things, Mm -hmm. right? And for so many different reasons against a high octane offense that you might be going against. You want to start fast because you want to kind of get an early lead, maybe run the clock a little bit, keep time of possession in your favor, those types of things. Against a bad football team, like we're seeing with Stanford this, this weekend, you have the fact that you lost to them last year. You have the fact that in your mind, although you're trying to just keep it as it's it's another game, it's just another game, you know they're not a great team. You know they're not. And offensively, you know that if you start fast against this team and you keep it rolling, that you have a chance to have a field day against them. Yeah. You have that type of opportunity in front of you. And for Notre Dame to start fast, Brian, I would say the biggest thing for me is if you start fast against this team, you put the pedal to the metal, you put the foot on the throat early on in this game, they're not going to quit, but they're not going to be able to come back. This is not a team that's built to come back against you.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, they're, they're really just not, it's not, yeah, they're not designed to come back against you. For me, uh, that's a no brainer. It also kind of comes down to a fast start means they're not pressing. And that'd be my only concern about them not starting fast is that they come out and they press a little bit because of how last year went. We want to wipe this team off the map and, you know and, and so why off the mat and then uh, map map i forget which one exactly is the correct way of using that but you just want to end it early you want to jump on them early and that that can you doing so is a, is a good game plan it 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 puts any doubt in sanford's mind like guys you you know you have no chance here number one number two it 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 lets them, i mean it would be fun i think these guys need to have some fun i don't i watch this offense play in end of September, into October, and and it's like, these kids aren't having fun, man. Like, we talked about this after the the Clemson game, I believe, Ryan. I think we talked about it on the show. Like, they're just not – like, this is just not fun for them. They look like they were having fun against Wake Forest, you know, the way they were celebrating, and you want to really end with that kind of vibe. So, starting fast is also about finishing well, Ryan, which, you know, from a season standpoint, not, not so much in this particular game. You know, you want to finish well from a season standpoint. You want to go into bowl season with a lot of momentum and and feel good about yourself. You want to take any doubt away from Stanford. You want to make sure that there's no chance that getting in the second half, you know, Stanford can pull out, you know, things out of their bag of tricks and try to hurt you and, and make this a more competitive game. And then also, it's just it's just a conf- it's continued confidence boosting for this football team. They're still a very young football team. And when you have a young football team that's very talented, which Notre Dame is, you can you can be prone to this. You can be prone to the ups and downs. And a slow start with a young team can have greater ramifications than it can with a veteran team. Like if the Notre Dame defense comes out, like they did against Louisville. Louisville's a perfect example for me. The Notre Dame defense came out and did not start well. They let Louisville go right up and down the field and score. Louisville didn't threaten them again like, what, the rest of the half? Because they quickly, hey, we figured some stuff out. They threw some stuff at us we weren't prepared for. They tried this little speed option type of thing. We, we make adjustments, and we're going to shut them down the rest of the half. Where when the offense would come out, struggle early, Ryan, late in the year when they were younger, it would snowball. And it would just like one bad drive would lead to the next bad drive. Because you're a younger team, you don't have that maturity to say, guys, we, we've been here before. We know what we're doing. Just calm down. Yeah, they scored. It's just one touchdown. We'll make our adjustments and we'll go shut them down. Those are things that those are things that that can happen. So a start fast also is a big confidence builder for this team, Ryan. And I, and I really feel like if Notre Dame can put a couple drives together over the first couple possessions even if it's a touchdown and a field goal, then that's when they really just steamroll Stanford. But yeah. I I do worry that if they start slow, that we could be going into halftime. It's a seventeen to ten game or something like that, seventeen to seven game or thirteen to three game. And I just do not do not want to see that at all. Because again, it'll snowball. And then they'll make adjustments at halftime and steamroll them in the second half and all that. But I want them yeah. to be at halftime deciding, hey, should we play Angeli now or no? You know, like that's right. the conversation I want them having at halftime. Is is that not? not okay what can we do to put this team away
1: well and and forget about Stanford for a second but we've been talking about this for the last few weeks now right it's like with Notre Dame came into Wake Forest and I felt like the first couple drives it was kind of a little bit of the same right like it was a little bit predictable it wasn't really incredibly nuanced or incredibly creative and then they hit about the third or fourth series of the drive and the creativity opened up. The passing game opened up. Everything just started to click and you rode that momentum all the way through to the end of the game even when Steve Angeli came into the football game. And for me, I'm a big I'm a big believer in momentum. I'm a huge believer in momentum. You finished the game against Wake Forest the way that Notre Dame fans want to see that offense humming. They want to see it that way. So starting fast I think again is You start fast to continue that momentum now moving forward, right? Because if you start and have a little bit of a clunker, then I think, again, you've said it, they're a young football team in a lot of areas offensively and inexperienced in a lot of areas offensively. If you come out of that game with a lot of success against Wake Forest and then then come out a little bit slower – the confidence might get shot a little bit yeah. again. It's like, Oh man, maybe we were not as good as we thought we were. Maybe we, we are not good on the, maybe the good road. Maybe,
2: maybe yeah. we don't play well away from home. Yeah, you're correct.
1: Maybe there's a hex you're on correct. us, right? Like maybe we have bad luck, right. like whatever it is. I think that that can shoot the confidence. Cause it was great seeing all the freshman and sophomore wide receivers do what they did last week. Right. But we know that talk about those waves. That's the emotions of 18 and 19 year old players. Right. As far as, Something's good happening. I ride it. Something bad happening. I'm down in the dumps and I can't pick myself up. Like that's the, I think that's the threat that you have this week of starting slow. So Notre Dame really needs yeah. to come out fast, get the Jaden Greathouses, the Rico Floreses, the Tobias Merryweathers, everybody into this football game and comfortable. If they're comfortable and they're playing their game and they're confident in what they're doing and what they're being asked to do, then it's not going to be much of a challenge. It's yeah. not because from a talent perspective, Notre Dame is here and Stanford. And for people that are listening on the audio podcast, yep. I'm I'm putting my hand very high for Notre Dame. I'm putting my <laughs> hand very low for Stanford. Ryan's just, the just,
2: just to give a little uh, uh, description for those who are listening via podcast. Ryan's Notre Dame's uh, talent up here is off the screen at the top of the window. Ryan Stanford's down here is off the screen at the bottom of the window. And you are correct because look, Notre Dame is not a top ten team right now. They are not. Yeah. Uh, I still believe Notre Dame is a top ten roster. I, that that that's why this season was so disappointing. Like honestly, Ryan, if if we'd have gone through the nine and three, if they win this game and they're nine and three, like you know what? I I this team wasn't as good, wasn't as talented as I thought it was. I would say that. I would admit that. And say, look, this is on me. I should you know I expected too much from that team, and, and I've done that before at times. But that's the thing is like when you watch this team when they're on it's like, God, that's a talented team. Like, you just don't go out and just destroy people the way they're destroying people if, if, you're just, if you're not a really talented team. And that's what makes it so frustrating. But you need to make this game look like the talent level is here and here yes. between those two yeah. teams, and a, and a fast start does that. And I will say this about Stanford, Ryan. One thing I do respect about this football team on defense is they are, they're physical, they're try-hard kids. Sure. And then that leads us, which is going to lead us into to, to why n- number two is so important to
1: success. Yep. And two is to be physical and to be aggressive and to dominate the line of scrimmage. And that's both in the run and the passing game. Because like Brian said, this team is playing hard for Troy Taylor and that staff. They are. They are not going to back down from the fight, but if the fight gets too big for them, that's when you kind of curl up a little bit and you back up a little bit. That's kind of where that ascent, that descension happens in this type of a football game. And honestly, even with Notre Dame being a little bit up and down on the offensive line over the years, over this year, I should say, this is a game against Stanford where you just have, you have all the talent advantage of the world, right? Because you had Billy Shrouth fill in, obviously last week, who's going to be starting again. You had Ashton Craig filling in for Zeke Correll. And both those guys were up to the challenge last week, right? Like they were up to the challenge this week. And even if Zeke is back, Corell at center, they still have the talent advantage. There's no doubt about that. And their best player, guy I really like defensively for Stanford, David Bailey, if he plays and if he's healthy, he's about 6'3, 240 pounds, right? Like he's a stand-up
2: rusher. They're small. Their best D tackles, like 281. You know, Tevareua Tafiti's like 235. David Bailey's like 240. Yeah. Uh, the the they bring a kid. Uh, Will, I think it's Wilfredo Abar, who's a, a decent recruit coming oh, out. He's yeah. like 250. Like he's their big. He's their big end in the rotation. Like he's the big guy that brings some size to the table. They have one kid who's over 300 pounds. It doesn't really play like a 300 pounder, Ryan. Like he doesn't really like blow people up like a 300 pounder. They're very light. And then their linebackers are 221. Their inside linebackers are 221. And the one kid, uh, number zero, I have no clue how to pronounce his name.
1: Oh, but, uh Burrell, He's like the FIU transfer. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. Yep.
2: He doesn't even look 221. No, oh,
1: he doesn't. Like yeah.
2: him and Tristan Sinclair, who was, uh, who was small, are listed at the same size. And you're like, that. Tristan Sinclair is a lot thicker than that kid. Like they are a small th- – now they're long at corner, but like in the boxes they're – they're small, and and honestly, the other reason this is important too, Ryan. And you nailed the practical reasons why it's important, but but because you know, establish the run game. People, Notre Dame wants to be balanced; they want to be a balanced football team. And coming out against Stanford is important because one of the things that you know, and we'll talk about a little bit in in part three. But I, I, Ryan, you and I chatted about this. I actually told people on Wednesday that you and I talked about this. This is one of the worst play action defenses I've ever seen in my life. Like they they have yeah. like no idea how to defend the play action. Well, the part of the reason to that is because their second and third level guys feel the need to fly downhill when they see run because their defensive line's not great. Right. And, right. but in order to for that to be effective, you actually have to establish a run game and foremost. And and I'm also very curious to see what it, it, it it's it's about setting the tone, also, Ryan. Like you talked about the practical reasons to me it's part of the starting fast thing. Are you going to, you know, what kind of message are you sending right away? You know, it's, it's, Hey, we're going to come out and we're just going to out talent you. Or is it, Hey guys, we're going to punish you. Right. That, that's what I want to see. And that that's going to tell me a little something about this football team. It's going to tell me a little something about this Notre Dame coaching staff that, Hey, can you get those guys, really pre- fired up and prepared to come out there and bury somebody. Cause again, it's a mindset thing. And the, the mindset of this football team on offense, Ryan, the season is incredibly schizophrenic. And part yeah. of that is because of the coaching, the coaching has been schizophrenic. You know, you're aggressive one game and then you come out kind of timid and tiptoeing around the next game. And uh, w- with really no rhyme or reason why you're doing it, or at least not a, a reason that I think that I accept or, or, or respect, but that, it, that's the thing is, is if you can set a physical tone, like, hey, guys, I know you're try-hard guys, but we try hard too, and we're actually good, then that's how you put them away. Because if you can come out early and establish the ground game, Ryan, that's how this game gets out of hand fast. If right. you can't run the football because your offensive line is just not being physical and Stanford's able to drop seven because they will drop guys hard. That's the mistake I thought Oregon made early. Yes, why was Oregon only winning 14 to six at halftime? Oregon tried to get cute early in the game. They were trying to like throw the ball and Stanford's just dropping eight dudes into coverage. Well, late in the second quarter, Oregon said, Okay, let's run the football. They cut a couple zones back, and then they came out in the third quarter and they just ran it down Stanford's throat. And they stopped trying to get cute. And that's when it 14 to 6 became 42 to 6, just like that. Right. You know, and so Notre Dame can't come out and be cute. That doesn't mean don't throw the football. But if you establish the run game early, that force that gets Stanford into panic mode. They start coming downhill and you start throwing it behind their heads. And that's how creases open up. That's what happened against Oregon State. They started bringing these, like, zone fires and and run stunts, and all of a sudden they, they run a play. And if, you know, one guy makes a mistake when you're doing that with Stanford's talent level, next thing you know, Damien Martinez is off to the races for a long run. Next thing you know, you're coming down and I'm throwing a, a seam route or a post route or a wheel over your head. But mm-hmm. it all begins with set, be, setting the tone of physicality right away. Then, Because I feel like this, Ryan. San Francisco 49ers are a perfect example. I've watched them a little bit this year. They are physical, and the physicality sets the tone for all the things they do in the pass game because when their run game's going, it just influences everything you have to do. That opens up the screen game and opens up the perimeter passing game. It opens up the play-action game, and I think Notre Dame's going to be that kind of team as well, whereas if Notre Dame can come out and establish the ground game, that then opens up some opportunities throwing the football. And that's what I want to see in this game. Set the tone with physicality. That's going to open everything else up. And that's what I'm excited to see in this game. This episode of the Irish Breakdown Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you're laying in bed at night with your mind racing a thousand miles per hour and you just can't sleep? Like when you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. And if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. When you get there, just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Irish.
1: Uh, I, I think you echoed a lot of this. my same thoughts here is that I think that Notre Dame has a chance to really shell shock this team. I would even throw, because we talk about the run in the pass game, I would even throw the running back pass protection into this conversation too, right? Because that's been a spot that hasn't been great over the last couple of weeks and I'm sure Stanford, last game of the season, home game as well. Are they, are they going to be afraid to bring some fires inside? Are they going to be afraid to throw a little bit of the kitchen sink out there? I mean, if I'm watching the film, if I'm Troy Taylor and that offensive staff, I'm, I mean, I, if I'm Troy Taylor and that defensive staff, if I watch that the tape from the last couple of weeks, I'm like, you know what? Notre Dame's, they're, they're having some issues picking up blitzes right now. Their blitz protection is not the best in the world. So I'm going to throw or however you pronounce it, number zero. I'm going to throw Tristan Sinclair. I'm going to get those guys moving. I'm going to run some stunts and maybe even line David Bailey up inside at times and just try to get some free runs that way. So, man, that front wall has to be very good this week. It really does because Notre Dame has a chance to put this team in a submission pretty quickly. They have that. And then you're going to watch. I know I'm going to be watching. If David Bailey is 100%, I'm going to be watching him against Joe Walt because that's a game where, Joe, that's your best, that's their best player, right. man. If you come it, out and you just physically dominate him, then that's where a team just starts going, uh oh, this is this is gonna get ugly quick. Like this, is, yeah. this gonna be ugly. And, ugly it, and I'm ugly. also worried about him against Blake
2: Fisher, too, because Blake's been so up and down, right? And that's where David Bailey, like I feel like Joe Walt's gonna get him. But if Stanford's smart, and I think they are, they're gonna put David Bailey up against Joe Walt. I mean, excuse me, Blake Fisher, right? And see yeah. if they can have some success there to your point. But yeah, that's how that's how a team you should dominate keeps it closer is yes. because you that one or two matchups that you just struggle with like one of the concerns i have in this matchup is when i look at the stanford corners they're very long yeah and if you just run basic routes they actually do a pretty decent job of opening up and running with guys when they just run basic routes you know um there's things you can do to hurt them but will notre dame design things that you need to do to hurt them that 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 I don't know. And so those are all things that I, that I want to see. And then that kind of plays into, I think leads right into, you know, establishing the line of scrimmage, setting the tone, then leads right into, to me, the the third key, right?
1: Third key attack, all levels of the field. I think that was the most exciting part of last week against wake forest, right? If you ask me, what was I most excited about coming out of that game? It was that not only did you get a bunch of different and young players of involved on offense, you did it in a lot of different areas of the field, right? You had the short to intermediate separators, right? You saw Jaden Greathouse coming on an over route across the field and having a little bit of an after catch ability. You saw Tobias Merriweather winning vertically. You saw guys winning to the perimeter. You saw a team that was much more capable, it seemed, of making plays to all levels. And with that involved, if Notre Dame's able to push the ball vertically, attack the the attack the intermediate part of the field as well as continuing to hurt the short game, then Notre Dame's gonna be a tough team to beat. They really are. You mentioned it, play action is a place where Stanford is very vulnerable. Play action can be to all levels of the field, folks. There isn't one level of play action, right? Like you can play action, deep shot, play action, intermediate, play action, you know deep crosses. You can do a bunch of different stuff out of play action looks. Notre Dame needs to attack all levels because this is a team, 36 points a game is what they're getting up coming into this game defensively for Stanford. And they have one of the worst pass defenses in college football. So you have the chance to create some chunk plays, create some explosives, if you lose all levels of the field because they have shown that they are very susceptible to that type of action. Brian, you're on mute. I was trying to trying to help you, sorry. <laughs>
2: This is what happens when you're you're doing research mid show, because I because I wanted to kind of back up a point that you were making with data. And and when you look at what Notre Dame has done in recent games, I'm kind of going back and looking through some of the recent games and you just some it just it, part I probably shouldn't be doing this because it then it just gets me mad. Again, you know, but when you look back and, 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 you, and you look at what Notre Dame has kind of done offensively in past games, you you see that this was a much different situation. You know, you look at Notre Dame went three for six. This is just Sam Hartman. This doesn't even include a ball that Steve Angeli threw uh, to, uh, to Jordan Faison, which went more than 20 yards in the air. It was a 17-yard touchdown, but it traveled more than 20 yards in the air. But they went eight of 12 on balls beyond 10 yards in the game. Against Clemson, they went one of 10. Against Pitt, they went 5 of 8. Against USC, they went 2 of 6. So even if you look at at most recent games, and then Louisville game was a little misleading. They completed 7 balls beyond 10 yards in that game. But a big reason for that, and they attempted like like 20. But most of that came when they got down big. They threw a bunch of shots down the field and they got down big. A lot of that didn't happen early. And so what you saw was you, you you saw them attacking a lot of different levels. And and the thing you and I have talked a lot about is attacking down the field is also not just about throwing go routes. You know, one of the best deep balls they threw all game was an over route to Jaden Greathouse, which came underneath a deep route. Like those are different things that we saw where they're attacking levels with levels. That's, that's the key for me is where we saw a lot more pass concepts this past week, Ryan, that had routes attacking the various levels where it just seems so much of what Notre Dame was doing was either everything is short or everything is deep. And it's like, those things are part of an offense, but it has to be built in to where you have those different levels concepts where, hey, if if they want to play the deep, like the first time they hit, they ran that post-in that post in concept. They ended up throwing to Holden Stace on a crossing route. Should have thrown to Rico Flores on a little, you know, little stop route. But the reason they threw those underneath routes is the safeties bailed and took away the post route. But you had something built into the levels that you didn't add two guys open on level one and level two because they overplayed level three. Well, the next time you ran that concept, they jumped the they jumped hard. The the in uh, cut by holding Stace. Now you had a one on one in level three. You bang that for a touchdown. Same concept run out of a little bit of a different formation. So you had a different backside tag. But the concept was the same. You were attacking with levels. How they defended it determines where that ball is going to go. So even on the crossing route to Holden Stace that went for 10 yards, that was an aggressive play call, in my view, even though it got you know thrown to the crossing route, which is essentially what the check down is on that particular. It's a it's not a check down, but it essentially serves the purpose of a check down. If they bail, then you're coming here. But the point is, Ryan, even that is an aggressive play call. Just running mesh where... You have five dudes running within four yards of line. That's not aggressive. You know, there's merit to that at times, but there just wasn't enough that they would do with the level stuff, Ryan. That would then make you have to worry about those mesh concepts because you just knew, like Clemson, just sat on stuff because they knew as soon as they start breaking short, that it's it's coming because they are not going to run double moves. They're not going to run deep stuff behind it. This is if it's short, everything's short. If it's deep, everything's deep. So I was very encouraged to see the different types of looks against Wake Forest. Now you need to see if they bring that into Stanford. And if they can establish the run game early, that stuff's going to be wide open, Ryan, because Stanford doesn't handle play action well. Their safeties are not good in coverage. And so no. if you can do things to get it to where they're who have to defend you in the pass game, that's that's a plus. You know, so like some post-snap, stuff post wheel well i'd love to see something like that in this game uh in cut with a wheel behind it might even be more effective because then you get that cornerback to really bite downhill on it so there's a lot of things that they can do i think the middle of the field i don't know if you agree with this ryan but i think the middle of the field is something that notre dame could attack a lot in this game especially with their play action stuff there's a lot (laughs) of openings in the middle of the field you can throw outside against them but I don't know if throwing outside is, is quite as effective as some of the middle of field stuff. Cause their corners are actually like, they're okay. Like yeah. th- they're all right. Like even the 92 yard touchdown pass against uh, Washington, the guy fell down now, partly yeah. cause they hit him with a nice uh, Polk hit him with a nice stutter go, like not the stutter, stutter yeah. but like he nodded him at the top. To try, mm-hmm. That's what you do at the top end of routes. Other guys don't do that. They should, but they don't. Um, you know, so you can beat them outside, but I just feel like the consistency, like you can get some big plays outside, but the consistent chain movers, the tens, the fifteens, the twenties, there's a lot of stuff over the middle of the field. And that's something that when Notre Dame's offense, pass offense, has been really rolling this year. Pitt, go back to Central Michigan, go back to NC State. A lot of the stuff was like two to three yards outside the hash and in. You had the seam routes to hold to Holden You had the the middle of the field in-cut to Tobias weather that went to a big play. and the seam route against Jaden Greathouse. You had another seam route that was open The Mitchell Evans dropped. Like a lot of that stuff was being willing to work the middle of the field, which then opened up some stuff over the top and outside. So I would love to see them be more willing to, like you said, Ryan, attack all levels of the pass game. That includes not just low, middle, deep, but also the horizontal nature of all levels, right, sure. outside and inside. And if they can have that kind of pass, you know, that kind of balance with their pass attack, they should rip this team up, man, because this is yeah. not a very good. I mean, this is 132nd in pass yards. I'll I'll just say this though. I don't know if Notre Dame's the kind of team that should just come out and just chuck it all day. Right? Like that's why I do think that establish the run and then allow that to open up some of your pass game opportunities. This doesn't mean you can't drop back and throw it. But you got to be careful not to just come out and get too pass happy. Because if you really look at the teams that have really shredded Stanford this year, Ryan, the exception of Colorado in the first half, the teams that have really shredded Stanford are teams that are more balanced. Even USC, who hasn't been balanced all year, was very balanced that game. They ran for 180 yards, threw for a bunch of yards. You know, Oregon had really good balance in that game. That, you know, at least they did in the second half. First half they didn't. UCLA went for 221 and 282. Oregon State went for 277 and 241. Washington wasn't as balanced, and it was a more competitive football game. you know. And so uh, you still scored on them, but it was a more competitive football game. The teams that have really, really worked them are teams that look to establish a level of balance. And I think that's what Notre Dame will do, and that's why I'm confident that they're going to win this football game in impressive fashion.
1: Yeah, well, and that leads perfectly into our last key because we saw a lot of what you're talking about—different levels, different ability to hit. You know, to just kind of push the ball vertically, but also hit the short game, hit the intermediate stuff, hit Jaden Jaden Greathouse on an over route. We get the tight ends involved. You saw a lot of different nuance to the offensive game last week, which was a welcome addition, something that we've been waiting for. Another thing we've been waiting for, which is the key number four. Continue this youth movement that you have going on offense right now. I mean, you could count. Why was it so cool last week? I mean, really, why was it so cool? For me personally, it was because every pass game weapon you saw last week can come back for Notre Dame next year. Every single one. I'm just like, Jaden Greathouse, big play. Tobias Merriweather, big play. Chris Tyree didn't have a big game, but he can come back next year if he wanted to. Rico Flores, eight catches for over 100 yards. Aldrick is probably gone after this year, but you still have behind him Jeremiah Love, Jadarian Price. You have so many talented freshmen and sophomores on this team from a skill position perspective. Not even talking about Eli Raridan, Holden Stace, Cooper Flanagan. I mean, th- there are just a... Long list of talented kids that are starting to show that they're put in yeah. the right spot and given opportunities, they can make big plays, and yeah. they did it last week. And so this week, let's continue that, man. That's where the momentum I think is built most with the Jaden Greathouses of the world, with the Rico Floreses, with the Tobias Merryweathers. Keep gaining confidence for them because that is. Again, a little bit of a cliche. That's the future of Notre Dame football, right yeah. there. Those are the guys.
2: And and you nailed it, Ryan. You're spot on with that. W- what are we looking for here? It's not about I'm going to go into this off season feeling really great that they beat Stanford. That that's not it. I don't care about beating Stanford sp- per- specifically. Just like I mean, I care more about it than I care about beating Wake because at least Stanford's kind of a rival, right? I mean, it's a it's a recent rival. It's not like a long-time rival. They didn't become a rival until I was in college, really. You know, where they played all the time. Uh, you know, but it, it's still a rivalry, but I still, it's just not a rivalry. I really care much about neither do Stanford fans clearly because they never show up to games, but it's more about, like you said, it's I'm optimistic and I'm, or I'm wanting to be optimistic about the, about the off season, about next year's team to your point specifically and coming out and doing what you did against wake, but doing it to where it was like your young players, like, I, I put an article up yesterday, Ryan, and, and when I like looked at the numbers, I was like, "Dude, this kind of gets me fired up about, you know, about what they what they could be." And it's the change the narrative article I wrote yesterday. And here's 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 what it came down to. So, Tobias, Merriweather, Rico, Flores, Jaden, Greenhouse, and Jordan Faison. It's sophomore, freshman, 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 combined for 17 catches for 256 yards and three touchdowns in that game. Then you have the sophomore tight ends, Eli Rendon and Holden Stace combined for five more catches, 45 yards, and another score. So that means on the day, Notre Dame's freshmen and sophomores uh, in the past game, I'm talking about receivers and tight ends, accounted for 22 receptions, 301 yards, and four touchdowns. That's adds to the excitement of what we saw because it's just not, hey, you did well, but it's this young talent that we've evaluated to be really talented players is showing that they can produce that way. You know, we saw Tobias – do things that we want to see more of from him we saw Eli Raritan do something we thought he could do but he's been banged up and hasn't got those chances and things like that you know we saw Jordan Faison making plays in the RPO game and you're like that's what you want to see more I mean, yeah he'll hit the wide fade but he he did pretty bad on the wide fade attempt earlier in the game against one of the starters right he beat a bad guy what I cared about from Jordan Faison wasn't that the late game wide fade it was this is a kid I want to throw an RPO hitch to and let him go do something with it you know what i mean like those are things that you need to add really good
1: in space man he's got a really good ability in space
2: Yeah. yeah that encouraged me a lot more than outrunning a a backup db from wake forest right it's that element that he brought to the table seeing rico prove that he can be that sort of money volume guy where none of the catches he made were like what a great play but you know where he outran no it was looking at making that tough catch on the sideline on a ball that was thrown too far outside, looking at him flipping his hips and making that catch. And then we said about Jaden Greathouses, you know, you and I felt Jaden Greathouse is a guy that can be more of a big play guy than Rico Flores. We saw that, right? We saw that in this game. And then we saw them moving guys around. Greathouse played to the boundary. He played in the slot. So, you know, just all the things that we wanted to see, I mean, the only thing that would have made it better is if Jeremiah Love and Jadarian Price each would have ripped off 50-yard runs. Like, that's about the only right. thing that could have made it more perfect. Right. And and so that's, like you said, Ryan, whether it's pass game or run game, maybe maybe Notre Dame goes out and runs for 310 yards and throws for 220 yards, and Jadarian Price and Jeremiah Love, one of those two guys, goes over 100. You know, Audra gets his a buck 50. You know, J- J- Jadarian goes for 100 jeremiah goes for 50 or vice versa and you're like okay yeah man like this team's gonna be super loaded next year and and that's how you kind of change the narrative as well and that's something i talked about in that article is this game is also about getting those guys going right if you want people to be excited about your team do the schematic stuff you and i've talked about that 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 translates because like here here's what comes down to Ronning just comes out there and just lines up 13 personnel, runs it down Stanford's throat, hits a couple outside bombs for big plays against a bad Stanford secondary. That doesn't do anything for me because you can't do that against Ohio State. We saw that. But if you yep. can but, but what wake what they did against Wake Forest, that translates to Clemson. That translates to Ohio State. That translates to Louisville. Now, not for necessarily 45 points, but it makes the plays that allow you to go win those football games. And that's what I was excited about. So let me seeing that again against Stanford and then the youth movement continuing, although I do want to see Audric kind of go off a little bit in the first half because of him getting snubbed. Uh, That's what gets me excited going into the offseason, Ryan, is, look, they adjusted. Jared Parker did the same thing Al Golden did. He had some good moments and some bad moments in his first season. But he ended the season on a high note. And you go into the offseason with a lot of talent coming back and you feel good about where this program is. That's what you hope happens coming out of this game. So it's a right. combination of great game plan and execution, but also continue to see those young guys eat a little bit. Do that yeah. and all of a sudden the people that are more realistic and, and and objective and not just fire everyone because I'm miserable so I want everyone else to be miserable type of takes that we see on on, on Twitter or X or whatever that thing is called. Uh, but the more reasonable people, which is like 99% of our chat, they're going to say, "Hey, you still got to show me something in the big games because there's nothing that you can do. The next couple of games is going to show me that you're going to bring in the big games. But I'm at least confident that you have the knowledge and the ability to put together game plans that can translate to those to those opponents. And the talent is really, really good. And you're going to yeah. add Kejron Young and Cam Williams. You had an article about Cam Williams today. You know, you're going to add Micah Gilbert and Aeneas Williams and CJ Carr, and you know, and then 2020. You know, so the talent is going only going to get better, but." you you love to see that foundation. And so I think that's something to me that that's, it's a key to victory because most of your team is young guys, but it's also Ryan more about big picture, really going into this off season with some serious excitement and momentum. And that's going to come from, you know, Billy Shrouth having another big game, the young receivers going out and making plays Eli Raritan and Holden Stace making plays, Uh, you know, Jeremiah Love and Jadarian price, making plays, whether it be offense or special teams, those are things that are going to get me really fired up about this football, about this football team, this football, this offense heading into the offseason or bowl season.
1: Yep. Yep. Gives us as fans and spectators excitement, gives the young players that we're talking about confidence going into the offseason. So both sides would be very much helped by another big performance from the offensive skill position, especially the youth movement they have coming. Folks, that's the offensive side of the football for Notre Dame. Keys to victory. We're going to get into defense next. Before we do, just hit the like button for me, please. Real quick, subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you hit that notification bell. If you're listening to me on one of our your favorite podcast platforms, five-star reviews are very much appreciated here at the Irish Breakdown Podcast.